0: Hey, everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. And welcome to our first 11 a.m. service. Woo! I'm so glad you guys are here. Thank you. I'm so glad that it's not just me up here by myself. It's great to see people are coming to this service. This wonderful. Great to see you guys. Thanks for joining us online, those of you who are checking us out online. We're going to continue today a series we've been in for a number of weeks now, A Bright Future Together, that operative word being together. We've been talking about the power and importance of the church, the body of Christ. Now, I've said at the beginning of all these messages that if you're in the highest risk category, medically speaking, we're so glad you're joining us online. You're right where you need to be. As a matter of fact, you're one of the primary audiences that we have in mind when we broadcast these services and make them available online, stream them. Um, For everyone else that are not in that category, really want to encourage you to connect with us as soon as it's it's, it's possible for you to be able to come and connect and be a part of the body of Christ here at Brazos Fellowship, if you call this place home, or if you want to come check us out, we'd love to have you as soon as you're able to come check us out. Um, This is uh, an interesting weekend, really fun weekend, as we start this new campaign called Find Your Place here at Brazos Fellowship. Um, And if you are new to Brazos Fellowship, or you are not a Christian, I just wanted you to know you picked the perfect weekend to tr- try us out, to check us out this weekend because this weekend I'm gonna talk about what we're all about here at Brothers Fellowship. You ever wondered what are they all about? Well, guess what? Today's the day. I'm going to talk about it. We're going to talk about all of it and how you can plug in, how you can be a part of what we're about and what we do and how and why we do it, that kind of thing. It's so important. And one of my favorite things to do as a pastor of this church is to get to meet new people that are starting to attend, they are a part of the church or maybe been a part for a while, and I just haven't had a chance to meet you. And lots of questions get asked, but one of my favorite questions that gets asked asked. One of my favorite questions is this one right here. How can I help? Sometimes it's a family. How can we help? How can I help? So here's what I was thinking this morning. Before we dive headlong into another semester, fall semester, and all of our schedules get filled to the brim and beyond with all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, commitments that we would consider together, ask the question together, how can I help? So here's what I'd like to do right now. I want us to ask this question together, even if you're not sure you want to know the answer, okay? I'd like you to ask this question with me, all right? Are we ready? One, two, three. How can I help? Oh my gosh, you just made this pastor's day. I'm so glad you asked. That is wonderful (laughs) to hear you ask that question. Yeah, so here's what I'd like to do. I want to answer that question, but before I do, let me give you two reasons why. Why that is so important. Why to ask the question, how can I help? Why is this so critical? Here's the first one. So that we can continue to be a church that guides All kinds of people, all kinds of people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, for those of you who are not aware, that is our mission statement around here. Our mission statement is to guide people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. But I want you to know, when we say people, we mean all kinds of people. Whether you've got a church background or no church background. Whether it's a church person or an unchurched person, non-churched. A D church. You used to be a church, but you're like, I, I quit church what, for whatever reason. We want to help everybody. Or you you're say, I'm a Christian that's growing my relationship with Jesus already. Well, that's great. We want to help accelerate that and provide a, an environment where you can go further faster. If you've never started a relationship with Jesus Christ, we would love to help you to begin that. That's what we are all about as a church. And this is so critical to us, regardless of where you are. I had a fellow shared with me, this was a couple of years ago, his story. And he goes, I'm just going to be really honest with you, Will. When I first started coming here, I came because my wife wanted to come to church here. I was not a church going person at all. And I just, that is just where I was at the time. And I I came not believing any of this stuff about Jesus or the Bible, God, none of it. I I just I just came. And here's what I my first few takeaways, the first few weeks I came. I'm like, dang, that's some good advice for life. Where does he get that stuff? and uh, I chuckled with him I said well wh- anything that was life changing that you heard did not come from me I'm going to be honest with you it came from the power of God's word it came from God speaking through his word and still to this day if anything moves you changes your life that is not will Lewis. let's be clear that is God doing that and I just want to be his UPS man I'm just dropping off the package alright I can't take credit for the package I'm just a delivery boy okay and that is the way it works and to so I talked to him about that, and I love that. Though I've heard that same type of story many times. That over time, and, and I want you to know, I'm not offended by that. That didn't hurt my feelings because here's what I know: is that when people come in our doors and they experience the environment that you guys are helping to to, to provide, that God is working through you to provide, it makes them want to come back. It makes them want to return and check it out again and i know if people will keep coming back and they will remain open god is going to speak to them because we see it all the time that people are cha- god's changing people's lives that people's lives are radically transformed by the power of god By them coming and being a part of just being in the presence of the body of Christ that they want to take a next step and that's the power of two or more gathered in my name there I am in the midst Jesus said it's powerful it's incredible and we don't ever want to downplay that that's part of why it's so important that we ask this question the second one is That we can, so that we can keep growing spiritually. See, there's this correlation between us giving sacrificially of our time and our effort, our talents, our abilities, and our spiritual growth. Those go hand in hand. That there's always God asking his people to come and obey him. And the byproduct of obedience is the blessing of growth and flourishing. But people are always wanting it the other way around, right? We want God... If you'll bless me first, like if you'll bless me with a lot of money, then I'll be really generous. (laughs) God's like, hey, how about you try to be generous now and then we'll see what's in store for your future, right? Let's start where you are. You may realize... I'm already rich. I'm already, God's already taking care of my needs. He is my provider. He is my supplier. I don't need all the things I used to think I needed to be complete as a person because I got God. He is my all-sufficient one. He is my sufficiency, as Paul says, and my insufficiencies. That's beautiful. And Paul later uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 35, quoting Jesus, by the way, Quoting Jesus, he says, and you've probably heard this a hundred times in your lifetime it is more blessed to, let's say it together, to give than to receive. I bet you have heard that a hundred times in your lifetime too, haven't you? And you might not have known that came from the lips of Jesus. And I believe that even most of you here and those of you watching online would probably say, and I believe that. Like, I really believe it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I would invite you today to really consider what does it look like for you to put that into practice? What does that next spiritual step look like for you to be a giver, to be one who's willing to give? And one of the things I've noticed around Brazos Fellowship, I spotlighted a few of our incredible volunteers last weekend, and we have so many amazing rock star volunteers around here that do amazing ministry for nothing. They are volunteers. And every time I get a chance to thank one of them, I see this common response, very common response. They want to thank me. They want to thank me for the opportunity to serve. You know what's happening there? They are getting blessed by what they give. They, they see this like this, aha, this light coming on going, no, I do this Partly a little bit selfishly because of the blessing I get from doing it. Yes, it gets to change people's lives, but also it blesses me. And I want you guys to be a part of that. I want your spiritual growth to be accelerated. And this is part of how we grow. And some of you may have been waiting for months, maybe years, like, God. I really need a spiritual breakthrough in my life. What does that next step look like? How do I start to grow at an accelerated rate spiritually? This may be your step to put yourself out there and begin to serve more than you ever have before and make yourself available for God to use your time, talent, and treasures and your, your abilities for his kingdom. So powerful. So let's go back to our question. How can I help? To answer that question, simply put one sentence, we need you to engage. We need you to engage here at Brazos Fellowship. Now, to be fair, many of you are already engaged in this room. Some of you are very engaged. Some of you are moderately engaged. Some of you are disengaged. Let's be honest. That Other than attending on Sunday, just coming to a Sunday service, that is about the extent of your involvement at Brazos Fellowship there's not a lot of engagement beyond just spectating on Sunday. And we're so glad you're here, but we want you to know this is the first step of many that God wants to do in your life, that we want to come together for corporate worship and teaching from his word, but also we want you to be willing to come with us on this journey of taking some next steps and being a part of what God wants to do. So here's what I'd like to do over the next couple of minutes. I want to share with you four simple ways to engage how do you engage here at Brazos Fellowship? You know, I talked about what we're all about, our mission statement, why that's important. Let's talk about some of the ways that we can engage four areas, primary areas here at Brazos Fellowship. The first one is to connect with a group. Now, you hear us say often, we've even got some t-shirts with this slogan on it, that circles are better than rows, right? You're sitting in rows right now, and rows are great for Sunday morning, not real conducive for building relationships, for doing life together. In our small groups, as people come together in the the environment of a small group, I truly believe the essence of the Christian life is lived out there. It's where we do life together that we learn to love one another, that we celebrate one another, we learn how to forgive one another, we learn how to bear with one another's burdens, we learn how to encourage one another, we learn how to do all the one anothering things that Paul and the apostles throughout the New Testament give us to do and Jesus gives us to do. And it's so important that we learn how to do that because this is one of the things that was distinguished Christianity right down to this day from every other world religion. You have to understand when Jesus began to teach the kind of things that he taught, it was against this dark backdrop of pagan idol worship of his day. All the other world religions had some version of this there's this God out there, you can call him Zeus, Jupiter, whatever, and if you want to get that God's attention, you must sacrifice something or someone to the God, right? And then maybe you can get his attention, and maybe you get his favor, and you can manipulate the God to do what you want and get what you want out of this life. Some people still approach God that way. Jesus came along and he says, no, that is not the way you approach my heavenly Father. That is not even what God wants from you. As a matter of fact, he says the primary way that you learn to love God is to learn to love your neighbor. And later we're told in 1 John, he says, if anybody who says they love God but does not love their neighbor is a liar. They don't really love God because they don't understand what loving God means there is a direct correlation direct connection from loving God and loving people even hard to love people Jesus was the one of the most distinguishing factors of his teaching from anybody who ever lived especially religious leaders was love even your enemies nobody dared to go into that territory Jesus ventured out there and said this is what my disciples do Jesus teaches things that had such audacity to challenge everything in our flesh and everything in our status quo of our societies. He taught things like this in John 13, 34 through 35. The night that he was betrayed, his trial, his crucifixion, he gathers up his disciples and he's like, before I go, Don't forget this. John, you got your paper, pen out? All right, write this down, okay? Don't forget this. This is really important. Here's what he says. A new command I give you, love one another. I'm sure the disciples are like, wait, Jesus, that doesn't sound all that new. He says, here's the new part. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Whoa, that's our new standard? Yes, that's your new standard. By this, by what? By the loving of one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my, let's say it together, you are my disciples. A word that can be translated followers, pupil, learner, you are my disciples if you love one another. What was Jesus's point? He says the one distinguishing factor that will make you as a Christian, a Christ follower, a believer, you know, a disciple stand out in the world is that you love one another. This can't be haphazard. This is not gonna just accidentally happen. You have gotta be intentional and on purpose with this which means you have to be intentional about connecting with the body of Christ. That's why we provide these small groups. It's so powerful. It's so important that we begin to understand that this is something that God wants for all of us because it helps us to have that support group around us, the people that will pray for us, and we can pray for them, and it helps us to grow. So here's the thing I want you to keep in mind. Next Sunday, We're going to make available a way for you to register for a small group. And we're going to unpack that and reveal that to you next Sunday. Don't forget about that and don't miss next Sunday. It'll be a great Sunday. And if you happen to miss that, you're like, oh, we're going to be out of town. Oh, no, we're going to miss the small groups. It's okay. We will still have them open for a little bit longer uh, for another week or two. And so just want you to know that we're going to roll that out starting next weekend. But you need to know why it's so important to connect with a group. Okay, so here's the second reason or second way to engage answering the question, how can I help? The next one is to serve on a team, to serve on a team. Now, I bet everybody here that works for a company or you run a company, you own a company, you're a part of managing a company, that you have some mission-critical tasks at your company. In other words, these are some things that before the end of the day, we have to get these things done And if we don't get these things done, this place doesn't run. Like, once you kind of over time, you figure out the mission-critical tasks or if we get these things accomplished, everything else seems to kind of sift in place, right? And maybe that for you is excellent customer service or providing an excellent product that people can count on and believe in, something like that. Or maybe you're saying, well, I'd love to have both of those. That would be awesome. You know, maybe that's yours, right? Here at Brad's Fellowship, our weekend services are all about the high-level leaders that run our, so our, our, um, our weekend teams, all of our weekend teams, all of our weekend ministries. There's six of them that I want to tell you about right now that are incredible, life-changing, and every single one of them are critical, mission critical to us here at Brazos Fellowship. The first one is our welcome team. Welcome teams are comprised of three specific areas. Our parking lot, you get greeted out in the parking lot by our welcome team, you get greeted at the door, in the lobby, they also cover all the hospitality, any coffee drinkers in the house you have yeah whoa all right blessings right um, the welcome team you need to have them to thank for that all right they're the ones that provide that for you incredible awesome team of people next is the production team the reason you can see me and hear me this ring this and this is being streamed online right now is because of our production team and maybe that would be an area that god's saying i want you to be a part of that I think you have something to contribute, or you could be trained to help with production, to run a camera, to help us work with technical gear like that. You just love that kind of thing. Let us know how we can help you make that step. The next one is wombaland Now we're jumping into our children's ministry. You may be saying, what is wombaland There's a place here called Wombaland. Yes! it is for our littlest most precious cargo on this campus it's from six weeks old little precious little infants up to kindergarten right and we have an amazing team of people that takes care of these precious little ones here on our campus Brazos Fellowship and then beyond that Wambaland would move they graduate up to Upstreet. this is first grade through fifth grade and they have an incredible time that is age-appropriate curriculum that helps your kid begin to connect with the message of Christ and understanding God loves them and really helping them on their level to connect with a God that desperately loves them and wants a relationship with them. And then when we move up to middle school, we have our, our transit ministry that's over here in the annex. Transit is for middle school, and Inside Out is for high school. They're both over in the annex, and they are an amazing team of people. And I want you to know, if you're trying to raise high school or junior high students or middle school students right now, uh, I mean, we all need help. Amen? Right? Anybody? Like, it's so funny to me, too, and I'm sure my daughter will... um, get a little grief about this but give me some grief about it but it's funny how i'll say something like a hundred times to her sometimes and she'll go over and her leader chelsea will say it she'll come and goes you won't believe what chelsea said it's incredible i'm like that chelsea is so wise i love that chelsea but you know what she heard it from chelsea Praise God for that. You need a Chelsea, You need a cool, hip, young person that's pa- passionately following Jesus to speak into the life of your kids. It is a game changer. It's amazing how when the body of Christ is working right and comes together, it is absolutely amazing how it can bless and change the trajectory of your family. So I just want to encourage you today that you begin to think about One of these areas that maybe God's saying, I want you to step up and be a part of that. This is the mission critical component of our church. These are the areas, ladies and gentlemen, where people have their aha moments with God, where they stick and they become a part and they find their place at Brazos Fellowship. It's so critical. Now, you may be looking at this saying, Will, I hear what you're saying, buddy, but like, I don't know if I'd be a great greeter and I don't think I'm a great babysitter. And you're like, you may be saying, I'm just no good at those things. And so I just want to tell you as a pastor of this church, right up front, we're not going to ask you to do something that you're no good at. You know why? Because you're no good at it. (laughs) That would be horrible for you and for the people on the receiving end either. Like the worst thing we could do is put you in a room full of a bunch of kids and bore them to tears with the Bible, right? Some of you go, grew up in that church already. Like, I did too. It was rough. And that's what happens for a lot of kids. They come to church, and here's what their takeaway is. God's boring, the Bible's boring, church is boring. Oh, won't you come back next week for another dose of God is boring, the Bible's boring, church is boring and they get this week after week, and they graduate from high school, and we wonder why the vast majority of them don't go to church after they leave and go to college. They're simply applying what we taught them. It's irrelevant. Wouldn't it be better, this is our passion here at Brazos Fellowship, to have passionate followers of Jesus that really love and care about your kids, about your family, and about Jesus, to help connect those two. There's a better way to do this. And it's amazing how when we get this right and we help you find a place that that matches your gifts and your talents, it's beautiful how the body of Christ flourishes. It's incredible. And sometimes those gifts are found inadvertently. Like we've had people step out and say, okay, I'm gonna try this, but it scares (laughs) me to death to try. I don't even know if I can do this. And they are insanely good at it once they learn how to do it. But God blesses the step of faith. It's incredible. So that may be where you are today and God's saying it's time for you to take that step with me. So here's the third way to engage your Brazos fellowship, to give a percentage. To give a percentage. And what I mean by that is predeciding Premeditating, I'm going to set aside a percentage of my income before the government gets paid or anyone else. I'm going to set aside a percentage to give away to the mission of God that God has given to my church. And if your Brazos Fellowship is your church, wonderful. We'd love for you to be a part of what God's doing here. If you go to a different church, go back and be faithful in giving a percentage there. Be a part of the Great Commission work This message of salvation and new life through Christ that's being broadcasted through all the age levels in the local church. It's such a powerful thing to be a part of. Now, when I start talking about giving, let me clarify what I'm talking about because most people do not give a percentage. Most people do what I want to call giving 1.0. Giving 1.0 is giving out of emotion, is giving out of the moment. It's like, oh, there's a need. I want to give to it and I will. I'm going to give. I'm going to write a check. I'm going to give some money right now. And that's not bad. But if that is where it ends, that isn't good. That will stop your spiritual growth. That there needs to be a what I'm going to call giving 2.0 that you move into. It is intentional it's an intentional commitment to say i am going to decide right now before the paycheck gets here i'm going to give away a percentage the bible talks about a tithe which is 10% and you may say i'm not sure i can get the 10% just yet but i'm going to start with where i can maybe it's 3% maybe it's 5% and you're saying i'm going to set aside some and i'm going to give be faithful We're not going to be Nazis about the 10%. I just want you to begin to learn how to give a percentage away and then let God, his Holy Spirit, move you up and stretch your faith a little bit more, a little bit more. And and it's so powerful to see how God uses that in the lives of people. You see, giving 1.0 tends to be reactive, right? It's looking like, oh, here's a crisis, here's a need right now, and I want to give to it. Not bad, not bad, but giving 2.0 is proactive, proactive. This is um, us being willing to say we want to be preventative in our giving, that we want to give a percentage before there's a crisis so that we can give towards the mission of helping more individuals, more families come into a relationship with Jesus Christ and figure out how to do that, like how to live out that kind of faith. And here's what, man, I hope you see this. I hope you understand this, that when we begin to proactively give and we begin to premeditatively pre-decide we're gonna give, come rain or shine, thick or thin, we're not gonna be emotionally fickle and, and our giving is gonna be based on that, that we're gonna do this. When we do that, it helps people come to faith in Jesus and when Christ-centered families begin to walk with Jesus, it eliminates a lot of the crisis that we have to clean up because they didn't have him to be, with. And it changes our community. It changes families. It changes our community. It changes our state, our nation, our world. When we learn how to give like this, ladies and gentlemen, it lets the whole kingdom of God on planet Earth take a huge step forward. It's massive what it can do for people. But we have to intend to do it. We have to decide beforehand. We can't wait till we feel like it just like any discipline. You you wait till you feel like going to the gym, you will never be fit, right? You You will never see any forward movement. You'll never achieve any goals in any area of your life if you wait till you feel like it. But many people let their giving be dictated by their emotions. And I could say the same for a lot of areas of their life that go awry. But we, when we look at this, I just want to challenge you to say, I'm going to begin to be a 2.0 giver. That I'm going to give premeditatively. I'm going to give proactively. I'm not going to do it out of emotion. I'm going to make a commitment and intend to do it. I encourage you to make that step. That's an incredible way to engage. And I'm asking you to do the same thing that my wife Leslie and I do and all of our staff and leaders that we challenge everybody to do that around here. But if I'm really honest, most people don't. And I just want to encourage you just to start with where you are and take a little step with God and trust Him there and He will lead you to take the next one. And it's powerful. Here's the last, the fourth area that you can engage here at Brad's Fellowship. Invite a friend. If I could boil down one of my biggest concerns for our church and the future of our church is that I don't want us ever to turn turn our outward focus, our outward focus of mission for the world inward and say, let's make it all about us. Because this, ladies and gentlemen, is the fight. This is the struggle. Every single church that has ever existed and everyone that exists right now has to fight to keep the focus where it needs to be. To... Go into all the world to make disciples starting right where you are, the Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts that God wants us to begin right here in our neighborhood, right here where we work, right where we live, to begin to help people to find Christ. But that starts with an invitation. And it's so powerful that we understand that there is this gravitational pull on every church towards keeping people rather than reaching people. There's a gravitational pull on saying, hmm, what would we like for us Forget everybody else. Let's just do it for what we want. Let's do this for us. Instead of continuing to say, how do we help those out there that are hurting, desperate, headed for a Christless eternity, how do we help them to find this incredible, life-changing, life-giving power of Jesus that we have found? How do we do that? And Jesus has given us a road map as we collectively work together. But part of that, a simple part of that, is learning to invite people who are far from God? We're not proselytizing people out of other churches. We invite them to church. As a matter of fact, going all the way back to the early, early days of Brazos Fellowship, when we were moving out of my living room and into uh, the College Station Middle School, we met over there, set up and tear down on Sundays. Some of you may remember those days, long time ago. We were committed. We want to grow by. We want to be a church that reaches out to people who are unchurched, that are far from God. That we wanted to help them to find Jesus because. We wanted our church to mirror the first century church, that Jesus led that first century church to begin. And guess what? That first century church didn't reach church people. You know why? There were no church people. There were just people people, all kinds of people out there. There was Jews and Gentiles and slave and free. We looked at last weekend. There was all kinds of ages and ethnicities and socioeconomic levels and education levels and everything you can imagine under the sun, and we still have that today. And he's like, go out there and reach all those people. Invite all, as many as you can to come in. And here's the beautiful thing that happens, guys. And some of you have witnessed it. Some of you have experienced it. And it, it is a game changer. You will never look at church again the same way. When you sit in a service, you come on our campus with a buddy, a friend, a friend, that does not go to church, I promise you, you will see everything differently. You will hear everything differently because you're empathizing for them. It's running it through the filter of what do they think about, does this make sense? And everything that we do around him from our children's ministry and how we do check-in and how we run our youth ministry and middle school ministry and parking lot and greeters and everything, you'll go, oh, wow. I I got it before, but now I really get it. Now I know why they do all this extra stuff. I understand. I get it. It makes all the difference when you have a heart for somebody who's far from God and you want like crazy to see this guy, this girl connect with the life giving message of Jesus. And what's so beautiful is that this is what Jesus has called us to. He came and He said, Luke 19, verse 10. This was right after he had had dinner with Zacchaeus. You remember the wee little man, right? The wee little man was he? He had dinner with Zacchaeus who was far away from God. And after the dinner, he was like, I'm going to give four times of all the money I've stolen from other people. I'm going to give it all away. He, his heart was changed. He was committed to God. And Jesus turns and faces the crowd in verse 10. And he says, the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. This is my mission statement, he's saying. And I want you, if you're following me, you're my disciple, you're my follower, to do the same thing. Be about this business. Now, when the lost gets saved, we want to help them to grow in Christ likeness. I hope you hear that a lot around here. That's that's a big part of our heart, too. But we can never lose sight of the mission of reaching out to other people. It's so incredibly powerful. This is why I want to encourage you be bold with your invitations. Some of you, if you could be honest, it's been weeks, months, maybe years since you've invited anybody to anything here. I want to challenge that. I want you to invite. What's the worst thing that could happen? They might say no, but they might say yes, right? They might say yes. You might have to ask 10 times, but it might make the difference between an eternal life separated from God and hell or eternal life with God in heaven. It comes down to an invitation. I've had so many people that have shared with me what a beautiful, incredible front row view God gave me to seeing this person come in. All I did was invite them. They came in. They experienced the body of Christ, all the different levels of it, all the different components of it. They wanted to come back and they continued to come back and I saw, their, I saw their life change before my very eyes. Commitment to Jesus and they began to walk with him and it changed everything. It changed their marriage. It changed the, how they raised their kids. It changed everything. It's awesome and you get to be a part of it and it happens as simple as an invite, an invitation. There's so many people that you know that I'll never know, that no one of on our staff will ever know and you are the link to invite that person. So if we could ask the question one more time, "How can I help?" Here's how you could help: to connect, to serve, to give, to invite, to connect, to serve, to give, to invite. This is so powerful that you put this in place. And today, as we kick off this campaign to help you find your place here at Brads Fellowship, I want to give you three ways that you can respond right now to find your place. The first one is simply to text, find your place. To 97000, all right? That is very non committal, right? You can send a text, I bet you text all the time. You probably text while you were sitting here in church, right? <laughs> Some of you, let's be honest. All right, maybe they've done that. You can text that, and we will send you a link, and we will help you in this process. Or, there's a, if, you, if you want, we would love this way as well. There's a card in the seat back in front of you that says find your place on it. Fill it out, Drop it in the silver cans on your way out and we would love to follow up with you and help you to find your place. For those of you who are saying, man, I want to talk to somebody right now. We have ministry leaders ready and waiting in our lobby right now up here and, and we want you to go and ask questions and find out information and get what you need today to take that next step. But we just want you to find your place. We want you to take that next step. And we know that that step of faith and that step of obedience will yield great dividends and great blessings in your life and it will accelerate spiritual growth. And that's how it works. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services.